Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Taking a moment of silence for the man who had been found hanging from trees in 2020. This is Patricia Adams live. This is day seven of 10 days leading up to Father's Day. And this is, this is really hard. <laughs> this is really hard. And in my time, Seen a lot of tragedy, seen a lot of injustice, seen a lot of things that I thought were behind us. And I'm still trying to rationalize is irrational behavior because it can't be about just the color of 
the skin that makes men do crazy, evil things. It just can't be about the color of the skin because people are always in the sun trying to get tanned, always spraying on tans, always, um, not always, but a, a lot of people want to be tan. A lot of people want to have curly hair. A lot of people want to have lip injections and butt injections and bicep injections and, and just all types of injections to emulate the body type, the shape the eyes, the lips, the nose, the mouth, the butt, the breast, the hair of a minority. So there there has to be something deeper than skin color. Has to be something deeper than skin color that is allowing this generational hate to persist, persist for all that has been done and all that is being done, the level of injustice that has happened to minorities has continued to occur. And continuously, the minority community is asked to forgive and forget and to move on and to let bygones be bygones. But do something like this in a non-minority community and the country would be on fire. The <laughs> there would be no hiding place. There would be no safe place to go from the wrath of a non-minority group who woke up and found in the news that some of their men had been found hanging from a tree. Yet the minorities are expected to keep it moving, act as if nothing has happened, act as if it's just another day, just another day. And it's like a foregone conclusion that if somebody points out something that is an unjust or derogatory or anything like, oh, you're being, you know, sensitive, you're, you're overreacting. It, it, it's not that serious. It was just a joke or they didn't really mean it. Or um, I think the, the, the depth of, the depth of, um, hmm, the depth to which, one will go to justify, justify actions and to say that it's okay. And I was listening to a message today um, from a white pastor, and he was talking about embryos. He was talking about embryos 
in relationship to life and pro-choice and abortion. But he drew the conclusion as well as to if I am against, if I, if I am pro-life and I am against taking your life as an embryo, and the embryo that you are at that stage of your life is the same human being, everything is intact, and you are just now a larger version of that embryo that started out. And as a unique individual, and he said that if I am pro-choice, I'm against abortion, I'm against killing a human being as an embryo, then surely I am against killing a human being as an adult. And I'm not saying that he was referencing that in relationship to today's news or yesterday's news or anything like that. It was just the way that he said it, I think, maybe might have been in this uh, defense of not being for maybe the death penalty. But I still drew the parallel to what he said, is that if allowing an embryo to live is considered sacred and then later on determining that I want to take that life at a later date the position that he took was the same is that he is against taking another human life he did not um, devalue or debase the adult embryo human being unique individual by saying, okay, you know, what if they had done this and what if they had been this and what if they had been that? Because you can draw a long list of human beings that you might want to see not still be alive. And I didn't hear his entire message, but this particular part caught my attention. And and I thought, but here we are killing people killing human beings and we are justifying killing them because of something that they were or had been in their life and this is a hard thing for me this is a hard thing for me because biblically speaking biblically speaking I I would say that for instance um, I'll, I'll draw the parallel to what happened with George Floyd. After the autopsy, they determined that he was COVID-19 positive. Now, what if the officer who took his life actually took his own life because perhaps the COVID-19 virus spread to him as he was exhaling his breath and gasping for breath, he was breathing in his air. So could it be that he'll later test positive for COVID-19? So, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm putting that out there because I remember reading about a custom, a biblical custom, that if a person had murdered another individual, the way that they would punish that person for murdering that other individual was is that they would take the corpse 
of that decaying body, and they would tie it to the person, the murderer. And that person would have to coexist with this dead corpse. Eventually what would happen is that the rotting and the decaying flesh would eventually overtake the life of the person who had murdered this person, and eventually they would succumb to death from being attached to this dead body. Now that's that's a biblical that's that's a custom that I found in biblical history. So when you come forward and you talk about the the justice system today of the death penalty and, and all of that is that now mind you let's let's set this up right is that the biblical custom that I'm talking about was under the law. It was Old Testament. Right, And so if I roll it forward and say, okay, now we believe as believers in Christ that Jesus said that he did not come to do away with the law, but he came to fulfill the law. So all of the penalties of the law that another human being could not answer to, he answered to them being that he was sinless and blameless, therefore he became a ransom for all of the penalties that were in motion because of the law. He has satisfied that. He has paid that. So now take that, and are we no longer supposed to have the death penalty? Are we no longer supposed to um, put people to death? Are we no longer supposed to murder one another? Are we no longer supposed to... Um, murder with our mouths because we can murder a person just by our mouth, by what we say, by what we speak. So I, I, I've just had an awful lot to consider. And in these 10 days, had no idea that all of this was going to be unfolding and all this was going to be happening. And I still come back to the fact that we came as minorities to this country as unwelcome guests. We came for the purpose of shoring up the economic system. And I, you know, guess maybe the regret is, is that, okay, they didn't turn around and take us back and ship us back. Um, you know, so we are five, six, seven generations in this country, and yet we still wake up to strange fruit hanging from a tree, Billy Holiday. And I remember really trying to understand Billie Holiday, beautiful, talented woman, how she could have such a tragic story ending. But when you read the lyrics of her songs and you listen to her songs, the conflict of living in that time and seeing black men hanging from a tree, hanging from a light pole, um, 
the the injustice that she was suffering. I mean, you know, she was talented, she was gifted, and the injustice that she had to endure, and then to come and 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 get involved with alcohol and drugs is that you know I'm not making excuses for her because you really don't know her full story. It's like you have people telling her story, but you don't have her really telling her story without uh, fear of recrimination. But I think about James Ball when I think about Langston Hughes. I think about Zora Neale Hurston. I think about all of the gifted people in the Harlem Renaissance of what they saw, what they witnessed during that time. Um, And their generation coming up and how could we be going backwards? How could we be digressing? How could we be digressing? And all I can come up to is that this is intentional. It's intentional. It, it, it is intentional. This is not an accident. This is intentional. And for the power structure of the minority community, whatever minority you represent, the silence is deafening for me. It's it's deafening. Injustice. Um, it's, It's hard. It's hard to see it happen to anybody, and 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 I'm I'm setting this up because I am not being pro-black, pro-white, for anything. I am pro-human, and I make no apologies for being pro-human. I saw a clip of an officer in a riot gear shove a 65, 75-year-old white man down to the ground, and the man struck his head on the pavement and he started to bleed and they stepped over him. This is a a white officer did this to one of his own. So this is, this is a mindset. This is a mindset. And so if, if you would do that to one of your own, then what would you do to one that is not your own? So I, I, I just, um, want to say to all of the men who are brothers, uncles, cousins, fathers, surrogate fathers, stepfathers, foster fathers, godfathers, that today is June 16th and Father's Day is in four days. But what I did not realize when I was scheduling these shows is that June 19th was going to be the day before Father's Day. How could I forget that? I grew up around the events of June 19th and the history of June 19th, learning about it and understanding that Texas spent three additional years in slavery 
because the news that slavery was over was not delivered to Texas intentionally. And that's why I keep coming back to that the events that are occurring have to be intentional because no person of any race that is of a rational mindset would create an atmosphere like this in the midst of a pandemic when we should all be relying on each other, needing each other, being considerate and kind and respectful to one another because you don't know who you're going to meet. The person that you're lynching, the person that you're hanging could be somebody who would have benefited you. There was a a woman, another story that I read where there was a woman that was being followed and it was late at night, didn't say what her race was, but considering the fact that they said the race of the person who helped her was black, but they didn't mention her race, I, I will just I don't like to make assumptions, but I will just say that possibly she was a white female being followed by three men in the dark as she was trying to make her way home after work. And she took the opportunity to walk up to a stranger and hug and embrace him and whisper in his ear and say, please act like you know me because I'm being followed. And he looked up and he saw these men following her And he chose to put himself in harm's way and walked her the rest of the way home so that she could get safely home to her son. He then uh, took her information and sent her a message and basically said that, should you need help and I'm available again in the future, please feel free to reach out. So your help. Could come in any color, come in any color, and just think that if while you were trying to harm somebody else, you were putting yourself in harm's way, and that person had to make a decision. Now, I'm serious. I mean, I've seen this enough uh, in real life, and I've seen it played out on TV where someone is coming to attack somebody, and and let's just be comical just for a second about it, is that when you look at uh, cartoons, animations of hunters going after their prey, and then they end up hurting themselves and the prey come back to help them, and then when they get better, they go back after the prey. Well, that's how I see this, is that we have a predator and a prey situation, and the predator could end up needing the help of the prey, and it will be up to the heart of the prey to decide whether or not to help the predator. And you never, I mean, you never know. And, and, and I'll go back to an interview that I did with Linda Day. And I did this probably about three days ago with Linda. And her book is titled Saying Enough. And she is 
an overcomer of her mother sexually abusing her and her sisters for quite a bit of their life. And she said that her mom outlived her father and created a a life for herself in the retirement community nursing home facility where she was basically considered the belle of the ball. No one knew her past. No one knew her history. No one knew these evils that she had done. So here you have someone who is a predator who has reshaped their lives, reshaped their um, their past. I mean, you know, the past is done, but basically walked out of the past, uh, never ever being brought to justice and recreated a life for herself where she became a beloved woman and, um, you know, thought highly of. And being someone who has gone into transitional programs and mentored people and talked with people and taught people and, and lectured with people and encouraged people who have been preyed on by predators, it affects the soul so deeply to endure what has been done to you and then not see justice. But you have to live and breathe the air that that predator is breathing every day. So you turn to drugs, you turn to alcohol, you turn to prostitution, you turn to anything to try to ease the pain, to soothe the pain. But justice never comes. Justice never comes. So you take a people who have been genetically encoded with the cries and the pains and the injustice of the past and you bring them forward and and they still seem to be able to come above drug addiction and alcoholism and prostitution and whatever else, what other vices that get thrown their way. Um, you know, how is it that you wake up one day and there's a bunch of guns in your neighborhood? Where are they coming from? Drugs are in your neighborhood, but you don't have any money, so where are they coming from? Who's bringing them? So it's like with everything that has been brought in and put in place to destroy the minority community, they still continue to live. And is that the issue? Is it not about the color of the skin, but it's the fact that they just don't completely disappear and, and die and, and remove themselves from the record books? Is, is that what it, this is about? Because I just cannot lay this as skin color anymore. Is it that, um, again, and, and I go back to uh, Absalom, Amnon, and, and Tamar in the Bible, David's children. And her brother longs for her, lusts for her, rapes her, and she says, you know, I, I forgive you, but please ask our father for uh, my hand in marriage so that she will take this shame away from me. 
but because she forgave him, he became full of hatred for her because she sought to find a dignified way to handle his crime against her. He became consumed with hatred for her and threw her out of his house and left her devalued, um, deflowered, and unmarriageable. And she, last record, lived out her days in her other brother's house, never fulfilling the purpose that she was intended to have in life. I'm pausing for a moment of silence again because it hurts. It hurts to know that um, the people of my past paid the price for this. And you say, you know, forget the past and move on. But they don't want to move on. Clearly, they don't want to move on because um, the crimes of the past keep being recommitted. It's it's like an art form. It's like something that you pull out of a rabbit hole. And, you know, a, a, a secret recipe book on how to annihilate, how to destroy, and how to kill. But that's a heavy heavy, heavy, heavy stain to put on a people to encode into your people's DNA that's hard-coded into your DNA to have that level of hatred that would cause you to kill, annihilate, um, incinerate, and lynch and mutilate and and pillage and rape and expect for bygones to be bygones and for people to keep it moving, to keep allowing that that, that the bully to uh, technique to just keep mistreating somebody and expecting them to continue to accept it and, and just suck it up and move on. And, and forgive and forget. There's there's a lot of blood on this land by non-minorities, be it Indian, be it Chinese, Japanese, Hispanic, Black. All the minorities have had their blood shed on this land, as well as the non-minorities on this land. But there is a lot of blood on this land. And the Bible speaks about blood crying out from the earth for justice. There's a lot of blood crying out for justice on this land. Justice has not been brought about in the court system, but that doesn't keep the blood from crying out for justice. Checks and balances 
checks and balances. And um, thank you to all of the men who have been stand-up fathers to children of your own and children not of your own. Thank you to grandfathers who have stepped up into the roles of being grandfather and father or mentoring someone else. To all of the men, black, white, red, yellow, brown, whatever color you are, this is this is not a minority Father's Day. This is a global, universal Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you coming up. But whatever you do, don't be in bondage to the day. Celebrate each other. Celebrate yourself every day. Because every day you wake up, you are a father, and you're doing the role of a father. And you should be celebrated every day for doing that. And then when national holidays, commercial holidays come about, then it's just, all a part of the day. The same with Mother's Day. Um, you know, being honorable and respectful to your parents, um, to your loved ones, to your children, whatever, every day. And having a single day to commemorate that, is that supposed to be the only day that you show love and respect and honor? No. So um, there are white fathers fathering minority children. There are black fathers fathering non-minority children, biological, non-biological fathers fathering children. And you don't have to be the person who planted the seed to be the father. Um, to a child that needs a father. So I thank you. I salute you. And keep your head up. Hold on. A change is coming. Hold on. Change is coming because everything must change. Everything must change. And whatever you do, don't end your life over a temporary set of circumstances. Because you have to stay alive to tell your story. You have to stay alive for yourself, for your children, and for those that love you, stay alive. Stay alive. Stay alive. Maybe you don't feel loved. And and, and I had an occasion to encourage a couple of, of men that just to say, you know, God is thinking about you. God loves you. And I'm saying this tonight. God loves you. God is thinking about you, men. And hold on. A change is coming. This is Patricia Adams Live. And in closing, as always, closing with Eric Clapton, if I could change the world. And thank you so much. And tune in tomorrow, day eight leading up to Father's Day.
Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.